0: Today meet Tatiana who went from being a restaurant server to making seven figures on Amazon by the age of 24 and how becoming a YouTube influencer for her own brand with 15 million views helped her get there. How's it going guys? Welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast. And today I have a really cool guest, my good buddy, my sister from another, Mr. Tatiana Bure. Tatiana became a seven figure seller at the age of 24. And she has some great tips and tricks that she can share with us that helped her to get where she did and where she is right now. Tatiana, how's it going? Hey,
1: Bradley, it's going really well. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, talk with you today.
0: As am I. So first of all, you're actually talking to us from Panama right now, right?
1: I am. I have moved over to Central America. I'm established here. I'm now a Panamanian resident and I'm loving it.
0: <laughs> cool. So I mean, just that's that's the first thing. You know, I've actually known that for a while. And if I ask you this before, I completely forgot the answer, but What motivated that? Was that just to, you know, be living in other countries and, you know, nice place over there? Or do you have family there? Or how does one just decide to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get a house in Panama?
1: Well, first of all, that's the beauty of this laptop lifestyle. You can live wherever you want to live and really not have a lot of strings attached. And you're, you have that mobile uh, lifestyle. And so I wanted to take advantage of that. And um, the last three last year, last two years in the next two years, I'm going to be traveling a lot and I want to travel to all these different countries. And so I figured with this lifestyle, um, you know, living elsewhere is can better serve me. So Panama is just a really great hub for traveling. Uh, lots of flights directly out of here, uh, short flights. And uh, also it's a really great um, place to save on your taxes. So because I'm Canadian uh, in Canada, we do have a very high tax rate. And because I was never in Canada, I was traveling all the time. Um, I felt like it wasn't being put to good use. And so I figured, well, while I'm traveling for the next two, three years, it's a great place for me to um, spend my time and have this as my home base. And yeah, so it works out really well. I save a lot of money. I get to enjoy Panama, uh, embrace myself in a new culture, learn Spanish, you know, learn salsa. So it's been really fun.
0: Nice. All right. Yeah. We're going to have to uh, have you and Stefan come in and we'll do some salsa together. <laughs> we, I love that. All right. Anyway, so that, that's a, that's a great story about how just, you know, as an example, as a, a effect of this kind of business, what the kind of things that you're allowed to do is like, you know, if we're working a nine to five job in an office, first of all, we're not making a salary enough where we can just go and decide, Hey, let me just go get a house in another country. At the same time, we don't have the freedom to just like up and move unless we're a remote worker. So this is just a great example of what can happen when you do things the right way. And that's kind of like what I wanted to talk to you about, you know, the quote unquote right way is different for many people. And I just want to learn today about what was right with you. Like, You became amazing seven-figure seller at a very early age, but that was at 24. But when was your first, I don't know what's the fancy word, you're, you're, you might speak French, so you might know the... Uh, not soiree, I want to say foray or well, I don't know what the word is, but you know, how was your first entry? What, you, do you know what word I'm trying to think of? How do you, how do you say that? Your first entry? So how
1: did I get started? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, but I want that fancy French word though. I, I forgot what it was, but anyways, yeah, how did you get started? Like, what was your first entry into like e-commerce at all?
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, I think it was in 2015 where I first entered the world of online business. And prior to that, I had no experience at all. Didn't know that people actually could make a living with an online business. Just didn't know what that was. And I personally didn't even own a computer. So I had an iPad at the time. And um, and I had all these limiting beliefs, of course, all these conditions, conditioning from, uh, you know, growing up and other people's beliefs uh, imposed on me. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I wasn't really into this. And I thought, you know, people who have an online business, it's not um you know, it's not reliable and who knows what can happen. And, uh, there's not a lot of certainty and there's a lot of scammers and all that stuff.
0: Let me just interrupt really quick. I want to kind of set the stage here in my mind, but you said around 2015. So I'm assuming, you know, you were like 19, 20, 21 around there. Now at this time, were you like in university or were people pushing you to, to pursue higher education or what was that set up like at that time?
1: I was 20 years old and I was in university. I was um, studying political science and I was in my third, maybe my second or third year. And um, and yeah, so I was, you know, my parents wanted me to finish university and work in the Parliament of Canada because I speak some French. So it's a great job. And having a government job provides a lot of stability. Right. And so that's kind of my the path, the route that I was going on. And uh, I was also working part-time as a server at a restaurant because I had a big student loan to pay. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. uh, whenever I was not in school, I was working and, um, and yeah, so that was kind of my life and there wasn't a lot of fun. There was no travel and that was fine because I, I knew that this is, this is the path. This is what everyone does. This is what all students do. And I didn't really realize that there were other paths that I could take. And so it wasn't until I met Stefan, who's now my fiance. And I met him and he had this whole blog, this whole online business. And I still didn't understand it when I met him for like the first six months. I had no idea what he did. And finally, I came to an understanding that, oh, he makes money from blogging and he makes money from uh, being an influencer and, you know, having courses and things like that. And so the idea of starting an online business was intriguing to me because I saw that he had this laptop lifestyle where he was able to travel whenever and wherever he wanted. And now that I was his partner, I felt like I was holding him back because he wanted to go to all these places. But, you know, I was in school and I had a job, so I really was not able to have that flexibility to travel and kind of partake in these experiences with him. And so then I really felt like, okay, it's a must that I figure out a way to make money online so that I can support myself so that I can at least join him in his travels and we can have these adventures together. And uh, so finally I gave in and I decided, okay, I got to figure out, you know, there are different ways of making money online. It's not just one way. It's not just selling on Amazon. There are different ways. And so I tried, um, Kindle publishing which is something that he had done for many years. And so I tried that and I kind of liked it.
0: What is that? Just for those, I actually, I, I'm not even 100% sure what it is, but I'm sure many listeners might not know what that is. So just briefly, what is Kindle publishing?
1: So you know, Amazon Kindle, right?
0: It's like the the book reader thing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So okay. reading books on your Kindle and you can have all these books and on your Kindle. And then there's people who self-publish books. And so you can become you can self-publish books. You don't have to write the books yourself. So if you're not someone who is an author, you can outsource that to ghost writers and you can turn it into a business. So you add value to people by writing books that are kind of like factual books, you know, step-by-step books. Like I was trying to specialize in the dog training niche. At the time I had a little puppy, and so I was really excited about learning how to train my dog. And so I would hire ghostwriters who had experience as in, in the dog training niche to write books for me. And then I would publish them and basically you put them up on Amazon Kindle and it creates revenue for you. And so they're like 99 cent books, but obviously a lot of people buy them cuz they're so cheap and then you get that monthly income. And uh, yeah, so it's a very easy way to kind of ease into this online world. And it's very low cost, low initial investment for someone like myself who had basically no money. Uh, that's a really great way to kind of get your, your feet wet.
0: Well, this is I had no idea we were even going to talk about this. I, I haven't seen all. I'm sure maybe you've made videos talking about this, but this is the first time i am hearing of this. And actually, if anybody doing this, so that, that's kind of a really cool thing about how, you know, someone can get started. So how did those dog training books work out? Did did it generate some enough revenue for you to be able to, to quit your restaurant job?
1: No, it didn't. <laughs> but what it did do is it started th- to ignite this um, motivation within me and this um, basically this new belief that, hey, this is something that is interesting. This is something that can work. I can actually create an online business and make money passively or semi-passively. And so I did get those dog training books to the point of where I was making $500 per month consistently. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, I could be sleeping and someone in a different part of the world is buying my book and I'm making money. And so having that realization really shifted things with my mindset. And so... You know, with that business, I could have taken it further. I could have scaled it. I know Stefan's brother, he scaled that business to $40,000 a month, which is pretty cool. But I wasn't really excited about it. And I figured that, you know what, if I really am going to put in my all, I do need to have some passion for what it is that I'm doing. So, yeah. Oh, so right. then I, I I decided to... um to, to look at different things. And I discovered, um, selling products on Amazon and, uh, I had not really been an Amazon shopper. (laughs) I live in Canada. Amazon.ca is not as great as amazon.com, but I had heard about it. And, uh, and so I thought, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if I had a product that I created myself and someone else purchased it and they saw value in it and they got excited to receive it at the door. I just was so, uh, the the idea of this business was really, um, uh, just very beautiful to me. And I just really liked how it worked. And so I, uh, invested in a course in a training program, which I do think that it's kind of the best way to go about it. I know that a lot of people try to start this business with um, YouTube information and Google. And as much as even myself with my YouTube channel, I try and add as much value to people as possible with my content, sharing how to get started and sharing tips and all that stuff. It's still I still don't think it's comprehensive enough. And this business is it's a real business. And so just like you go to school to study and learn and, you know, you go to school for a doctor so that you know what to do when it comes to surgery. Uh It's the same thing I feel with this business. If you want to really build a real business and scale this business, you need to build it with a solid foundation. And I think that you need a comprehensive uh, step-by-step course to do that. Um, if you just want to you know, make a couple extra hundred dollars on the side, maybe a thousand dollars on the side, then you don't need to invest in a course because you can find information from Google and YouTube to do that. But I've just had so many people now that come to me after they've tried this on their own without any proper training and they've lost money and they've gotten disheartened and they don't want to continue the business. And so that's just been my experience. That doesn't mean that's a fact or that's the experience of everyone. That's just my experience. And so I believe that investing in your education is one of the best investments you can make. And so I was fortunate enough to have invested in a training program that was really great. And so I learned from that exactly what to do. And so I just followed it step by step. Up, started implementing things. And I think that was one of the best things beca- about, you know, my personality is that if someone tells me to do something and they tell me that this is going to help you make X amount of dollars or help this many people, or this is the results it's going to render you, I do it. I don't question it. I just do it. I try it. And then I get results for myself and I see what the outcome is. And so I started just taking massive action. And um, so I Started just uh, between, you know, work and between school. Whenever I had free time, I would work on this business. And I didn't have much money to invest, only about $300. That was my initial inventory, including shipping. (laughs) And uh, that $300 turned into a business now that generates over $120,000 per month. So
0: your first product was the products that you have continued to, I mean, that the niche that you have continued to sell, which is the the waist trainers, right?
1: No. So my oh, first a different one, okay. <laughs> See, so this my- is why
0: we, guys, guys, I, I hope everybody understands. I, you know, and Tatiana can attest this. I am not pre asking these questions. I am <laughs> learning what she's doing right live with you guys here, so. Tell us how it Correct me, Tatiana.
1: So my first product, the reason I say $300 turned into $120,000 per month in revenue is because that $300 was reinvested. All the profits I earned from that initial $300 had been reinvested in my business ever since. I've never taken out any external loans or any additional money from friends or family. It was just that $300. And so $300, put it into inventory, that inventory rendered me a profit on Amazon, put that profit back into inventory, and slowly, slowly, it grew to the point where it's at right now. But the first product that I had was not the product that I'm selling now. The first product I had was a very small, very inexpensive uh, product, because I needed something that was inexpensive, I didn't have enough money to uh, source a product that was $6 a unit. So the product I sourced was called a cognac sponge. And, uh, a lot of people probably don't know what this is. It's a natural beauty sponge, uh, comes from the cognac root. It's a Japanese, um, product and, uh, it was 10 cents a unit. So, uh, I didn't have, you know, it, it was cheap. And basically I said, you know what, this isn't going to make me millions of dollars, but what it is going to do is it's going to teach me the process. I'm going to learn the process. And so I use this, first product as my teacher. It was my training tool. And so I learned, okay, all the steps that I need to do to source on Amazon. I made a lot of mistakes. I failed a lot, but it didn't cost me too much money because I didn't invest too much in the beginning anyways. And so, um, it was just a great lesson. And so that product though, it ended up making me around two or $3,000 per month, uh, consistently in revenue. So I was excited about that. And that led to another product which was a uh, mascara. And uh, that product also made mistakes with it, you know, learned that, you know, what, maybe topical products, products that you put near your eyes, maybe that's not such a good idea to source that from China. Maybe that's something that has a really high liability risk and I don't want to have those responsibilities. Um, So I decided, okay, I don't want to source this product anymore. But that product also did make me more revenue. I was doing $5,000 a month with that product. So again, you know, as with every product, I started to learn more and just reinvest those profits back into the business. I didn't pay myself for the longest time because I knew that if I paid myself, then that's money taking out of the business. And potentially then my business won't grow as fast. And then that led me to my third product, which is the product that I'm selling now.
0: And that's the, that's the waste trainers. And for those who don't know what waste trainers is really quickly, what kind of product or what does it do?
1: Yeah, so my brand is called Lux Curves. And we sell body contouring garments for women. And the waist trainers, uh, they do a number of different things. But basically, you know, a woman's body changes a lot throughout her lifetime, you know, with stress and hormones and pregnancy. And so the waist trainers help kind of Uh, bounce you back and ultimately help women just feel confident in their skin and kind of ignite that that feeling of confidence and that feeling of embracing your curves, embracing your hips, embracing that feminine figure. And so that's kind of our mission with our business. It's not just really selling products. It's really about building a community of empowering women. And so I think that's one major thing with uh, the business that has helped is really um, tapping into community and finding a way that to um serve a a, a greater mission
0: excellent excellent okay so this is the this was your third product and it started taking off and this is kind of the brand this is like the other the other two products you don't sell anymore right
1: no no not anymore
0: so then just with this one niche you hit the seven figures a couple of a couple of years ago or was it last year last year i got 2018 last year and how many different Mm -hmm. SKUs? or how many different kinds of waist trainers? I mean, I don't know much about this. I don't know if there's colors or sizes or whatever, but like approximately how many SKUs generated those seven figures?
1: Yeah, so there's quite a bit. Um, and the thing is, you know, when I started on Amazon, I started with one color. I started with only a few sizes and that's it. And I wasn't obsessing over, oh, I need to have all these colors. I need to have all these patterns just so I can compete with my competitors. No, I just focused on having what I could afford and then waiting and letting the market tell me what they wanted. And so over time, as I built up this community and as I was actively asking people Okay, what is your feedback? What would you like to see? And so over time, I've built up the product line to now having I think 10 different types of waist trainers, each one has maybe five or six different colors and patterns, 10 different sizes. So there's there's, there are many SKUs, but that was built over time based on the customer's needs, asking them exactly what it is they wanted. And, and now to, at this point, I never release a product without asking them what it is that they want. So on my Facebook community, I'll do polls and I'll say, Hey, do you prefer this pattern or this pattern? Do you prefer, you know, with clasp like this or clasp like this and just getting their direct feedback because they're my, they're my demographic. They're people who have purchased from me. Who better to ask than to ask them? I'd be foolish to think that the pattern and the color and the product that I think is best is what everyone else will enjoy.
0: Yeah, that's an excellent strategy there. So, you know, you talked about, you know, knowing what your, you know, customers wanted. And in my brief, you know, Googling you and, and just uh, analyzing, you know, your brand on there, like I've noticed that you have a very, very strong social media presence, especially on YouTube. So, you know, my question is, did, did the social media, did the YouTube, did, did the other social media things you do, did that have, was it when you started that, that you really started taking off or, or did you start those things from day one with this brand? Or, or can you, can you tell me a, a little bit about, about the relationship between social media and your brand and how it helped and when it helped?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So social media was huge for me. Um, but I didn't have it right from the get-go. So right when I started selling these products on Amazon, I did not have much social media going on. Um, And I would say that the most important thing is to have high quality products because I launched my products and, you know, turned on the PPC and did those, you know, everything that you're told to do. And it did well because people liked the quality. So they received the products and I had organic reviews, which really helped my brand. And that social proof is so important on Amazon. But then what really, kind of got it going and, uh, developed more brand awareness was the social media. And I believe that you really have to focus your time on social media these days. And if you're not doing that, then you're really missing out. Um, and so the, the, The benefit I had with this product is that this was a product that I could really market myself personally as an influencer. And I know that this is not something that many people want to do, but you don't have to do this. I'm just sharing with you what What worked for me and what I did. And I'll share with you some things that you can do if you don't want to be the face of your brand. For me, I chose to be the face of my brand because I um, benefited from this product personally. I received, um, I had great before and after pictures and, you know, I could talk about it for days and I was really excited and passionate about it. So I started the YouTube channel. And uh, the great thing about YouTube is you can put a video out there, And for weeks and months and it doesn't get views and you think, you know what, nobody's watching this. What's the point? But you know what? Now, when I look back at my most viewed videos, they're the videos that I put out there right at the beginning, the very first videos I ever released on YouTube. So the cool thing about YouTube is that it has this compounding effect. So you can't you just basically have to be consistent with it. So put videos out there on a weekly basis. And, you know, in the beginning, you're not going to get views. You might not have subscribers. But over time and of obviously being strategic about your the way that you release YouTube videos, key words, SEO, all that over time, you're going to start building a following and more importantly, getting those views. You know, subscribers don't matter that much on YouTube right now. It's all about the views. And especially for you, if your purpose is to drive people to your e-commerce store, then, you know, having views is more important than having subscribers. And so for me, when I started to do the YouTube, that, that really, um, took a turn from my business because I became an authority on YouTube around my specific niche. So if you search right now on YouTube, waste training, you know, I, all my videos will dominate the, the search. You know, that's all my videos come up and that's because I did a lot of keyword.
0: Was that organic that it just, you know, you, yeah. you didn't like, it's not like on Amazon, you do two step URLs and, and, and try to, you know, send traffic to certain searches, but how does one become, like, like, like what you said, how does one become the quote unquote uh, authority in a certain niche or make it more likely that their product or their channel or whatever is going to come up in the search results for, for a niche?
1: You just gotta be putting out content on a regular basis. And so what I did for me is I figured out, okay, what are my keywords? What are people searching for on YouTube when they search for this specific product? And so what I did is I, I did keyword research. First of all, my main keyword was waist trainer or waist training. And so at the beginning of each and every video, I had that keyword. So I'd have waist training and then I'd be like, how to put on a waist trainer, waist training, how to wash a waist trainer, waist training, how to blah, blah, blah. So whatever people were searching for, I would create Create a video about so those direct searches on YouTube because YouTube will tell you what people are searching for. If you start to type in your keyword on YouTube, it will finish your sentence for you, and so you can create a video for each one of those um, searches that are most common. And so the more of that that you put out there, the more that you're going to be dominating that that keyword on YouTube. And uh, obviously, your content has to be good and valuable, and you want to have that watch time. But as long as you're offering value value, then people, you know, who click on your video, they'll like it, they'll thumbs up, they'll comment. And sooner or later, your video starts to rank and it becomes an authority. And especially for those niches where right now, there are no brands really dominating. So for example, with me, the waist trainer, there were, you know, random girls on, on YouTube who would review waist trainers and show, share the results, but there were no brands on there. Nobody who was directly selling their products. And so if you're selling something like, I don't know, let's say like, uh, you know, sunglasses or whatever, and you're a brand like you could, you know, if there's no other brands directly selling sunglasses on YouTube, you could dominate that keyword and that niche.
0: I'm I'm like, literally right now I have YouTube open as you were talking. And I just started typing in waste train. And then like the, the actual autocomplete, the first one that came up is waste training before and after. And you've got like Two out of the first three results here. And I'm looking at some of these views, like, holy cow, like this one was just added two months ago and it has 68,000 views. And I see a video here that you added two years ago and has 1.1 million views. So yeah. uh, I'm assuming that some of these somehow went, went viral and that must have really given your brand and your sales a boost, right?
1: Yeah. It, yeah. You know, viral videos, it's not... I think viral videos are a little bit overrated, if I'm going to be honest. You Mm -hmm. know, I have another video on my channel that went viral, got over 4 million views. But, you know, who are these views from? I... For me to be relevant, it needs to be my target demographic. And so, with that particular v- video, you know, the four million views, it was not my demographic. And so, those subscribers do not really, you know, I'm I'm not tailoring to men. And so, a lot of that, those views came from a lot of men. And so, you, you know, sometimes it's good, but your your goal is not to go viral. Your goal is just to put out consistent content and to build, you know, a niche following of people who are. Um, your direct consumers.
0: What you just said is so like, it's totally sending off sparks in my brain because it's so similar to what I teach about Amazon. Like right now, I'm just thinking that, wow, 1.1 million views. That's amazing. But if it was just a whole bunch of guys, you know, who just happened to see your video and like, Oh wow, look at this video guys and sharing it with friends. Well, that, that doesn't do anything for your brand or your product because they're not going to be buying waste. You know, it's not all of a sudden that like, you created a waste training trend for guys. It's the same thing with Amazon. It's like some people get so hooked on search volume, like, oh, search volume is, is, you know, the highest search is the most important. But if that search is not relevant to your product, then it really doesn't matter. I go for the lower searches that are, are definitely relevant to your product. And it sounds like that's a similar thing in, in YouTube where it's not the quantity, but the, the quality of those views
1: exactly yeah there you go yeah yeah so th- so that's what it is and and you know what if if you don't want to be the face behind your brand i think that leveraging influencers is is so valuable and so you know if say for example your product is waste training but you don't want to be that person you can find other youtubers who have 50,000 100,000 you know, 500,000 subscribers and they are, you know, find uh, influencers who are within your niche and reach out to them and ask them, Hey, do you want to try out my product? Hey, do you want to do a try on haul? Do you want to do a review? You know, whether that's offering them your products for free or paying them to, to do a collaboration. And so what that does is that you don't have to you know, actively work yourself to gaining those 100,000 subscribers on your own, you can leverage other influencers who already have a following who like know and trust them. And, um, and so if that Person now recommends a product to their audience, they're much more likely to buy from that person who they already know they've been following for a number of years and they enjoy their content. So it's not cold traffic, it's like warm traffic, right? And so it's the same thing on YouTube as on Instagram. You know, there are so many people who are trying to make a living as an influencer and they'd be more than happy to receive free products or to, you know, get compensated for their time and their work. And uh, it's just a great opportunity for brands to reach out to these people. When I look at some of the top um, clothing companies, for example, Zaffle, zaffle I don't know if you're aware of them. They are not like... A great quality clothing company. I've ordered from them before. been massively disappointed, but they're huge. And if you type them, their name on YouTube, you'll see why they're huge. And it's because they give so many products to influencers. There are a million and one girls who do unboxing reviews, try on hauls. And so you can see that they have someone who is full-time reaching out to influencers to get them to try their products, giving them products for free. And so it's a really, really great marketing,
0: technique. Have you ever used that yourself or since your personal channel is so successful, you haven't really had to do that much outreach?
1: No, it's, it's the opposite. I am right now. I I just onboarded someone full time for influencer outreach, because when you type in waist training and you look at my channel, yeah, there's a lot of videos about me and, um, I am the face behind my brand, but there's also, it's important to have variety. You don't just want to see the same person every time. And also when it comes to my product, you don't just want one body type. Every woman has a different body type. And so if it's always me showing, you know, how to wear the waist trainer, you know, it's, it's, it's not not good you need someone who, who is a different body type and so we've been reaching out to many different influencers all shapes and sizes and having them to do reviews on YouTube and on Instagram so that they can represent the product because if you think of a potential customer who's buying something online it's very different experience than buying it at a retail store right at a retail store yeah. they can see it potentially try it on touch it really get to know the product but when it's an online um, store they they there's this sense of uncertainty, you know, they don't know how it'll look. They don't know how it'll fit. And the more variety we have with influencers, the more um, better it is for them, because then they can see the product worn on other body shapes, maybe someone who can relate to them on a better level. So it's important to have like as many as many different people as possible.
0: All right. Well, this has been very valuable. We've talked about things that I didn't even realize we, we talk about. And I kind of knew, like, remember I told you when we, we first, I was like, Hey, I, I'm not going to tell you what questions I'm going to ask, but I guarantee that just by the natural progression of this, some cool things are going to come out. And I've just learned some, some really interesting things about YouTube and about, you know, the influencers. I love it. And one last thing I just wanted to touch on briefly, cause we're can't believe we've already been 30 minutes here, but I know originally I, unless I'm wrong, you were exclusively on Amazon, but then you started to expand to other channels, namely Shopify and how much of your business now is on Shopify versus Amazon. And what is the benefit of Shopify as opposed to Amazon?
1: Yeah. So Amazon was a great platform to start on because when you're starting and you're a nobody, you don't really have a brand. Nobody knows who you are. Um, when you're on Amazon, you can leverage Amazon's customers. They're Amazon's customers, but you get access to them. So when you first launch your product on Amazon, Amazon kind of wants to cheer you on. They want to boost you, and so you turn on PPC, and then all of a sudden your your listing is at the top, and people have more potential to view your products. Um, and so it's just a great platform to start on and to build that brand awareness. Um, but once I built my brand, you know, of course it's always growing. It's but. Once I built a a small foundation, I said, you know what, let me try Shopify, because for me, Amazon was very frustrating because of the nature of my product. I had so many sizes at that point. And, um, you know, my inventory kept on getting mixed up at the Amazon warehouse. And whenever someone would buy my product and return it because the size didn't fit, then it would immediately get discarded because with clothing in the clothing category, anything that has been returned is considered used and you can only have new stuff. And so it became kind of costly. And so I figured if I sell my own website, I'm going to save a lot of money and I'm also going to have more control. So I'll be able to control my own return policy, you know, have more rules around that um, and and save some money, but also build my own customer base on Amazon. Like I said, those customers are Amazon's customers. So your communication with them is very limited. And I really wanted to be able to follow up with people, you know, see what the results are if they're liking the product, get their feedback. And it's a little bit more challenging to do that on Amazon. So I moved to Shopify and on Shopify, I was able to have, you know, people sign up to my mailing list. Um, you know, the returns, all of that stuff was sorted. And so Shopify has been great. So now I'd say about 80% of my sales, are done on Shopify, maybe even a bit more. So it's a, it's a much smaller percentage that are done on Amazon. And I'm not really focused too much on Amazon, but it still provides me with um, good sales uh, every month. But, you know, that's the cool thing about it is once you've established your listing, it kind of just uh, works, work, works for you.
0: Cool. I, th- I think that in itself might be another episode that we can do to talk about, you know, how you transitioned and and some of the details on how to run a successful Shopify business, because I know that's very interesting to a lot of our listeners. So Tatiana, you have some great information here, and I know you help other sellers. And if anybody wants to check out your brand, like uh, some of those videos for your, for your waist trainers, how do they find you on YouTube? How do they, get, how do they contact you to you know, maybe get some help on, on selling on Amazon or just being an entrepreneur? I know you have a lot of content out there that people can find you. So what are some of those ways?
1: Yeah. So I have a dedicated YouTube channel for Amazon FBA. It's called Lux Biz, but I don't know when you're releasing this recording because at that time it might be called Tatiana James because I'm rebranding it. But uh, at the moment it's called Lux Biz. So it's all about Amazon FBA and I'm very active on there. So I respond to all comments. So if you have questions or you want feedback about something, that's really the best place to reach me. Um, And then in terms of the Lux Curve side, if you're interested in trying a waist trainer, or checking out my website it's luxcurves.com and you can find me on yes two x's l-u-x-x curves.com and uh and then i'm also really active on instagram i i send people i respond back to my messages and all that so that's tatiana Bure.
0: Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you very much for this. And for to so the rest of you guys out there who have listened to this, I hope you are going to, I hope you guys are taking notes because there's some definite nuggets here of information that shows how somebody who started out, you know, making small money and and stuck in a maybe possibly dead-end educational tract and, you know, restaurant job and took a product that only needed an investment of $300. And now by the time she was 24, she was in seven figures and she's a very successful individual. And congratulations for all your success, Tatiana. And I appreciate you coming on here and sharing some of those successes with the audience here and hope we can have you back sometime.